Hi, all, and welcome back to the All Things Woo podcast with me, your host, Taylor Ray. This is a space I am using to build a spiritual community for those who have had spiritual, otherworldly, paranormal experiences, stories, skills, or practices. In other words, this is a place for all things woo. I myself am a spiritual wellness life coach and a tarot reader. I am inviting you to listen to this new episode as well as to connect with me on Instagram at, at TaylorAtalks underscore. I hope you guys find today's episode helpful, and I look forward to connecting with you. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. So before we get started on today's episode, I really just wanted to say thank you. Thank you so much to every single person that has reached out and given an encouraging word or said how much they enjoyed the podcast or liking or sharing or subscribing for leaving comments and reviews. I was completely blown away for one episode in one week. I just, I don't have the words to express to you guys how much that really means to me, especially with this project being so vulnerable and really being like a manifestation of all of my biggest fears. It's incredible to hear that it, in just one episode, reached people and helped women and was empowering and motivating and everything else that you guys said, and I could never thank you enough. So again, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart and If you guys could keep liking and sharing and subscribing, that would be awesome. I truly appreciate all of your support. Okay, so with all of the thank yous out of the way, I'd really like to get into today's episode. And this one is really just talking about taking those big leaps of faith and pursuing those things that you're afraid to pursue. I know that in the last episode, we talked a lot about like my catalyst for change and what that looked like and that situation I look back on it and I say that there was no other options, but to be honest, we had had a terrible relationship for a while and I had never left before. So I guess there was always the option I could have stayed. Um, And I know that a lot of people have been in situations where they do stay. So I'm not knocking anybody for doing that. I know how incredibly difficult it is to leave and all the implications that come with that financially, emotionally, uh, physically, you know, family relations, children, all of those things. So please don't ever, ever take it that way. But for me, that was it. That was my non-negotiable. That was my child was in danger and there was no way that I could put up with that or watch it happen ever again. So that was obviously the big one. We had that big, big, like cataclysmic shift, it felt like. And I truly believe that spirit was coming in and was like, okay, we've had enough of this distraction. We've been trying to get to you, you know, my my tarot pools, my intuition, my gut feelings, all of these things were telling me this is not it. And I listened any I listened anyway. I did not listen. I did not. So finally spirit came in and was like, "Hey, we're done with this. We're going to wreck your life basically and we're going to force you to rebuild." So I did that first and there was that period of time where I didn't think about anything else for a long time. I would say about two years. The next two years, you know, I got a teaching job as soon as I could. I got a serving job on the side as soon as I could. I was working late shifts. I was working nights. I was working weekends. I was working any school holiday that I had off. I was working 
every single chance I could get because I had so much debt and I had so many things I needed to pay off. And of course, on top of all of that, having a newborn. So the reason that I bring that up is because while I think that people want to be spiritual and do these soul-led missions and, you know, really live in their purpose, um, and I think there's a great time and place for all of that, that was not my time nor my place. I had to work for a while, okay? I had to focus on getting myself in a better position so that I could focus on other things. So there was no time for me to slow down. I had no period of time to reconnect with myself. I had no period of time to sit quietly with my intuition. I had nothing like that. There was no downtime. I was taking all of my free time and working and also trying to, um, I wouldn't say avoid, but trying to kind of process what had happened while trying to get this new life built. And it was just taking all of my time and my energy and I didn't think about anything else. So around two, two and a half years later, I was actually in my classroom, you know, working in this job where I was pursuing all the things that I thought I wanted to pursue. I was using my master's. I was pursuing in English as a second language certification. I was considering going back to school for American Sign Language. I was looking at doing all these things and I was sitting in my empty classroom one day and I just, it just kind of hit me and I was just like, what am I doing? Truly, what am I doing? And this idea just wouldn't leave. It just wouldn't leave. It it stayed for months. And I was like, this is not what I want to be doing. And I was like, okay, maybe it's the school district because I love kids. And to this day, I do. I love kids. I actually love, love, loved being a teacher. There was, I really, other than coaching at this point, I can't think of any job that I would have rather ever had, you know, aside from being an actress and being wondrously famous um but I did love teaching and that was where a lot of my confliction came in because I was in this job that I had worked so hard for and it was a job that I overall really loved and for some reason something deep inside me just kept nagging at what are you doing so I started to pursue that and I was really looking for maybe I need a different school maybe I need a new school district but I loved the people that I worked with I had an amazing support system they had met me at my darkest time and really watched me come back to life and they were amazing for it i still talk to them they're like a soul family in the truest sense and i couldn't figure out if it wasn't the school and it wasn't necessarily the job what was the issue so to combat that I was sitting in my classroom again. The mornings before the students came in was really like a big reflection time as you get ready and prep for the day. And I was like, you know what? I have money in my bank account now. And I had not been spending it because I was so afraid that if I spent it or I indulged in it, I was going to go back into that place of not having any money. And I was so afraid to fall back into that scarcity and that lack mindset. But I finally was like, you know what? No, never mind. I'm going to book a ticket for me and my daughter to go to Idaho to see my grandmother, which is something that I really needed to do and had been wanting to do. But I just, you know, I couldn't find the time. And I knew that my grandfather was starting to have some signs of dementia and Alzheimer's and the like. And so I was like, you know what? There's honestly no better way to spend my money or my time than going to see family. So I booked that ticket and I felt really good. And then because I did it through Southwest, I added to my Southwest points. And I was like, well, now I have this, you know, influx of points that I can spend. And I'm going to go to Arizona, which 
If you were to ask anybody, including myself, everybody would have been like, why the hell would you choose Arizona? Because I haven't been to Arizona since I was a kid. And I haven't seen my family there since I was a kid. So I'm talking like 11, 12, maybe 13. And all of a sudden I texted my aunt out of the blue that I hadn't seen. And I was like, you know what? I really need a change of scenery. Can I come and visit? And she said, yes, absolutely. When will you be here? I'll get the house ready. With literally no plan and no intentions, I spent time with my grandparents and it was really beautiful and healing and, you know, that inner child just came out and I was safe and it was everything that I had done as a kid and being on their farmland and horses and it was just green and beautiful and calm and relaxing and it was everything that I needed at the time. After that, we come back and I was home for maybe a week and I was like, okay, cool, now we're going to get ready to go to Arizona and basically my aunt is just a free-flowing spirit and she's a little bit crazy, but we all love her. So we got here and she was like, you know what? Just for fun, why don't you look at schools? Why don't you look at serving jobs? Why don't you just look while you're here? And I was like, I'm here for five days. I don't really want to spend it like job searching for imaginary jobs. But lo and behold, one night we did. And before I left for that five-day trip, I had numerous job offers. And I also had a side hustle. I had gotten hired on at the casino here in town. So it was really exciting. And then I had to stop myself and I had to come back to reality. And I was like, well, I would really, really love to move here, but I can't. And she kept coming up with, well, why can't you? Why can't you? But I didn't have the money for that. I didn't have money to buy a house. I didn't have money to pack up a U-Haul and come here and buy a house or even rent a house or do any of those things right off the bat with no planning. I was definitely in a better position than I had been in the past two years, but nowhere near like financially abundant for, you know, that level of living anyway. It was really upsetting and heartbreaking for me, but I was like, you know what? I can, I can do this. I can do this. I'm going to make a plan. And in the next year, you know, I'm going to save all my money. I'm going to look at houses. If I have to be in a rental instead of purchasing a home, so be it. It'll be a space for me and my daughter. That's just ours. And that's where we'll start. That's where we will have our brand new life because taxes was never voluntarily my choice. I went there out of necessity. And while I had great experiences there, it was not for me. And I could feel it on a deep soul level that it was not for me. And I was not, I was happier, of course, and I had great times, but I was not fulfilled. And that was a really hard thing to tell people because everyone was like, what do you mean? This came out of the blue. Like you were talking to somebody here. You have this family, you have jobs, you have siblings here. What do you mean? You're just going to leave. You're, you went away for five days. Now you're just leaving. And yeah, that was really how it went. I came back. I sent some of my friends snaps while I was here. And I was like, hey guys, I'm thinking of getting in this house. And they were all like, haha, it's a beautiful house. And then I came back and they were like, wait, what? I thought you were just like looking for fun. No, I was going to go. So I gave my job, um, you know, ultimately like uh, four days notice. Thankfully, everybody there was completely nice. And I just told them, you know, I went out there to visit and I got this amazing job opportunity and I can't finish my two weeks because I <laughs> came back on a Tuesday and I was leaving that Friday. So be it. And the reason that I think it's really important to share those details and how it happened, I know it sounds like a lot of backstory and I guess in a way it is, but ultimately because it happened so quickly and there were no huge red flags or anything other than I just fell off. 
I felt and I had a longing for something even though I didn't know what it was and instead of sitting there and wallowing in it for any longer than I had to I decided to take some action and visiting my grandparents in Idaho was a helpful action but it wasn't you know the one that I was looking for so then I got on a plane to Arizona and that ended up resonating better than anything else that I had done in the past couple of years and so I was like you know what I'm gonna take that feeling and I'm gonna run in that direction I don't know what that's going to look like, but I'm going to run in that direction. And I stayed with my aunt in her guest bedroom for a while. While I was here, I paid off my car. I paid off all of my credit card debt. I do still have student loans, but that I think is, you know what? It's just going to have to stay there for right now because yeah, girl went to grad school and it was very expensive. (laughs) So when I'm telling you guys, I paid everything off and I did this, that, and the other thing. I like, I'm not financially perfect. That is not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that I was improving the situation in every way that I could. I got new credit cards that I got purely to build my credit. So I did that while I had the opportunity to do that. I paid everything off that I could. I was working this side job. I got a new teaching job and everybody was like, wow, she's really making gains. She's really done this. She's really risen from the circumstance. And once that was completed and I was in a place of not only like financial, I keep wanting to say abundance, I guess it is in a sense, it's abundant, right? So I had better financial abundance and I was in a place where I was feeling more myself and I was feeling centered and I was feeling whole. And then I really got to sit with that and enjoy it. And I had space for my child and I, and my life started slowing down and I was like, wow, this feels so good. I am so glad to be in this area and be at this phase of my life where things are going the way I planned. And then they didn't. Right around that time, COVID hit, and I don't feel like I need to go into long-winded explanations about all the various things that happened when COVID hit and what that looked like for so many people. Um, But for my life specifically, you know, we were getting ready for parent-teacher conferences at school, and it was a Thursday, I believe, and we stayed late that Thursday to prep everything and we were supposed to have conferences that Friday and it didn't happen. We got sent home. They told us we're not doing conferences. It happened to be the week before, like that Friday before spring break. So they were like, we're going to meet over break. We're going to discuss stuff and we'll get back to you guys. So those first two weeks that everybody was at home quarantining was essentially our spring break. So we would have been home anyway. And I was like, okay, cool. Like what did they say? Two weeks to flatten the curve or whatever. And then it went to, we're going to do virtual. And guys, at the time I was teaching kindergarten, not first grade, although let me tell you, it really doesn't make much of a difference. Um, Teaching kiddos that young virtually when they can't read or write and don't know how to use a computer and their attention spans are all of about five engaged minutes anyway. I was just like, this is a nightmare. But we eventually came up with a system And it was supposed to last just through the spring, right? So I was home from March to, I believe it was August with my kiddo. And we had that federal mandate of schools not starting right away. They mandated two weeks. So we stayed home an additional two weeks. And then we went right back to it. And I was feeling a lot of resentment about going back because I didn't want to, you know, I just spent all this time at home with my child. We were spending all day learning and playing I was teaching her her letters her numbers she was potty trained in that time her vocabulary just went through the roof and you know bear has never been behind in anything by any means but it was 
like astronomical. And I was like, holy heck, my kid is smart. Like, look at all the stuff that she can do. And it was because we had all that uninterrupted time together. And I got to get back to my hobbies of like gardening and painting and writing. And she got to be there with me. And we really just got to have that creative bonding time. And we had our own little bubble. And while it was exhausting sometimes because keeping a toddler in the house with like no aquariums, no restaurants, no anything, it can be a lot. But it was also really great for us. So I was attributing all of my like resentment about going back to the COVID situation and the fact that I just didn't want to leave my house and like wear pants and be a human again. But it didn't feel that way. I was like, this is not, it's not feeling like that's what it is. I don't, I don't know. I'm getting that feeling in my gut again. And as somebody that was raised spiritually, I kept kind of thinking, "Mm, there's a reason that you're feeling this way. But as somebody who had basically shut that part of their life out for so long, I was like, yeah, okay, that's what you're feeling because you don't want to go back to work. Like, quit being lazy. And that wasn't resonating completely either. And I was like, well, I mean, yeah, I don't want to wear pants and have to do my hair and makeup and stuff every day. But I don't know. I'm just feeling like I'm being pulled in this more creative direction. And I couldn't explain that feeling to anybody. I think that happens a lot too with awakenings and reawakenings and big life changes. You start having these feelings and these thoughts and ideas that you really can't make perfect sense of, right? Intuition doesn't make sense. It doesn't follow these human systems that we've put in place or these human expectations of what we're supposed to do and what life is supposed to look like. It doesn't care. It doesn't care if that job doesn't really make you enough money, but it makes you happy. It doesn't care about any of those comfort zones that you have when you feel like you are being drawn to do something, that feeling doesn't go away. And once you acknowledge it, that's, I mean, it just grows, right? What you pay attention to, once you really start feeling it, you're like, oh, okay, you know what? I'm going to explore this just a little bit. And you're like, man, maybe writing is my passion. And so you start writing more and then you get that idea and you're like, oh my gosh, I want to write a book. No, I don't, I don't have anybody to write a book for. Like I could never get published this, that, and the other thing. And then before you know it, you're obsessing about writing this book and you're, oh, maybe I'll write it in my free time. And then you're looking up YouTube videos. I don't know. Do they have writing YouTube videos? I'm sure they do. But, you know, you're in chat rooms and forums and Facebook groups and slowly it starts creeping in. Once you acknowledge it, you know, you can't let it go. The only other option for you is to deny it. And some of you guys might be like, no way. I have great hobbies that I love that I get to do whenever I want. But if you're being really honest with yourself, how many of us truly have a completely balanced life and life life, and we do everything that we want when we want to do it? Probably not as many as they're claimed to be. If you really sit with that feeling, if you do, congratulations. But I think it is far more common for people to think, oh yeah, I get a couple weeks of vacation. Oh yeah. Maybe I don't do this enough, but I have a good paying job and you rationalize it and you cancel it out. So that's what I was trying to do. And I was like, I'm not, you know, not doing it. I need to go back to work and I need to do all the things. And the voice just got louder and louder all year. And I did the same thing. I went through, maybe I need a new campus. Maybe I need a new, you know, avenue. Maybe now's the time to start my PhD because... I had really wanted to pursue that for a while and I was getting accepted to Arizona schools to do that. And I was like, great, my life is so on track again. I'm going to get this PhD in administrative leadership and 
eventually I'll be possibly a principal or a superintendent and work on education reform. And all of a sudden, I didn't want to do any of that, you guys. None. None of that appealed to me. And while I really loved teaching the kids, it got so political during COVID and it got so conflicting. And, you know, it was a big election year with Trump and Biden and the kids were coming in regurgitating as they do. I mean, this is just part of it, but regurgitating what their parents were saying and how they spoke about other cultures and how they spoke about other kids and their emotions were higher than they'd ever been. The parents' emotions were higher than they'd ever been. Everybody was in such a heightened state of panic and stress. I mean, the nastiest parent emails I've ever gotten in like the last seven years. It was just incredible what people were saying and not in a good way. Um, It's just a compilation of all of those things. And I really started looking. I was coming home and doing career aptitude tests of like, what am I going to do? Where am I going to go? What am I going to be? Because I had a sense of identity so tied up in being a teacher and being a mom. And this was my life. And, you know, my family, of course, as a means to be supportive, not as a means to be braggy ever. Like my family doesn't, they're not like that, but they would be like, Taylor has her master's and she's going to get her PhD. And we're so proud of her. And I felt like if I wasn't that person, if I wasn't actively teaching and balancing being a mom and being a professional and a side hustle and giving my family those things to say, what was I? What was I going to do? What were they going to say? What, where was I going to go? And that was really conflicting for me because I didn't know. And I had to really get all the way real with myself, which is the absolute hardest part. I mean, telling people that you're going to change your whole life is difficult You know, like my mom was definitely not very approving. Um, My grandparents were very like, what are you going to do? And I remember at one point I was like, hey guys, you know, if I wasn't a teacher, what would I be? And everyone just looked at me like I was crazy. And they were like, uh, you'd be unemployed. Thanks guys. Thank you so much. (laughs) Obviously. Um, But they were understanding that my soul was calling me to do something else. It wanted me to branch out and explore and I wanted that freedom back and I wanted to travel more and I wanted to take my daughter out for hikes when I felt like it and take her to the park to feed the ducks on the afternoons and I wanted our afternoon naps and you know all of those great beautiful things that we had had and I didn't want to give it up I didn't want to go back I was I wasn't going to I mean I did in a sense I did finish out that school year because I had to I was in a contract I didn't have the money to break it at the time Um, it was an obligation that I made and I definitely felt like I needed to honor my obligations, especially during such a crazy year. It was giving me financial security. I was getting paid, um, my regular salary because we went back in person and, you know, there were a lot of compounding factors for that. So I did make the choice to finish the school year, but right about halfway through the year, I was really looking at, okay, so I'm fulfilling my duty and what am I going to do at the end of this year because I have a couple more months left of school to figure it out and I I need to pick a direction to go in, which was absolutely fucking terrifying and I really struggled with that and ultimately I knew it was a choice that only I could make because even if people were trying to help, they'd be like, oh, well, you're a really great listener, go be a counselor. I'd be like, what? What? I have no desire to be a counselor. I tried that. That's terrible and they'd be like, um... Maybe you could like teach online. And I was like, I just did that and I hated it. And 
you know, they were trying to help, but it was ultimately something I had to decide for myself and I had to get all the way real. What were my values? What were things that I wanted to do? What did my ideal day look like? What did I want to be doing in five years? What did I want Kara to see me doing? Um, Kara is my daughter. I just refer to her as Bear more often than not. But, you know, side note. Um, What did I want Kara to see me doing? What did I want her life to look like? Did I want to only be home on holidays and weekends? Which is actually a pretty good gig. I know. Teachers do have a nice schedule like that. But... It just wasn't enough. None of that was enough. None of that was lighting me up. None of that was emotionally fulfilling. None of it was what I wanted to be doing. And so through some weird coincidences and searching and career aptitude tests and personality tests, I finally just started manifesting it. And I was like, I don't know what this new life looks like, but I'm going to be stepping into a new life as soon as the school year is over. And that's what I just kept saying. I'm going to be stepping into something new. I'm going to find something new. And technically, when you manifest, you're supposed to be as specific as possible. So I got really specific with different details that I knew I wanted, but the overall big picture was kind of vague. I was just trusting that if I could nail down a couple of these pieces, the rest would ultimately follow, right? As it so usually does. So I started manifesting, I want to be around more like-minded individuals, you know, people that want to have those hard conversations and not polite conversations. Let's talk about something taboo. Let's talk about something weird. Let's talk about something uncommon. Let's talk about politics without the intention of proving each other right or wrong. Let's just talk about the world. Let's talk about um, psychedelics. Let's talk about sex. Let's whatever, anything, anything that I couldn't talk about, you know, in work settings or in different settings than I was in at the time, I wanted to talk about those. I wanted to be around people that wanted to change their life. That is one thing that I learned from my ex is I never, ever, ever wanted to be around people that complained about how their life was and they weren't willing to make change. Like big, scary, run at the monster change because that victim mentality was just no longer for me and I didn't want it to be around people that had it. So I was manifesting, manifesting like-minded individuals. I was using very specific verbiage. I was looking for a way to help people. I knew that I wanted to do that. I said, I want a new career that not only pays me well, but I want to help people. I want to connect with people. I want that like genuine human connection where I'm listening to their stories and I'm getting to know them on a soul level, not, not this superficial oh, hi, how are you? Let's only have polite conversations. Uh, Let's only teach kids about test scores. I just, I was done with it. I was done. I was done with people treating each other like dirt for divided political parties. I just, I couldn't do these old paradigms anymore, you guys. And I don't know how else to explain it. I just, it was becoming unbearable. And I did lose some friends through this process. Not I shouldn't say lose, like if they were to reach out or when I reach out or whatever, it's still nice and it's still good, but there was definitely some distance that needed to be made between me and some of my close circle or what I considered to be my close circle at the time because they were not going in the direction that I wanted to go in. And that's the other really hard and crappy part about it is you have to let things go. But through that process, you guys, I sat with myself and my intuition more than I ever had before, more than I had in the past, like, oh, I would say like seven years all through college and through that terrible relationship and through that rebuilding phase. I was finally 
sitting with myself and getting all the way clear. And now I have made the jump. I actually resigned from my teaching position. I did not start this year, so I didn't feel bad about it because I didn't start the year. I resigned over the summer, so I didn't go back. And it was the most amazing and freeing and terrifying thing I've ever done. And I still sit here some days. I won't lie to you. I still sit here some days and I'm like, oh my God, what did I just do? I just quit my job. I just quit my full-time job. I work part-time in our casino still, which is pretty decent money. I'm, I'm able to live and do all of these things. But is it a sketch? get a set schedule or a set salary or any of those things that security no it is not and that can be absolutely terrifying and then sometimes I wonder is this ever gonna land like I went and I did all these scary things I enrolled in a coaching program I'm working with the ICF for my certification I started an Instagram business page I'm taking clients I help clients mostly women although I do help men as well but I help clients rediscover their highest selves through modern spiritual practices and what that looks like getting all the way real about what spirituality in today's world really can and does look like. And it's different for everybody, but guiding people through that process and helping them build the life that they love and starting a podcast that I never, ever thought that I could start because who wants to listen to me? Well, apparently some of you. (laughs) So it is big and it is scary and that's my take on it and I know that my story isn't going to match everybody else's and some of those things that sound unrelated like booking plane tickets and randomly interviewing for jobs and stuff sound like how did that help you get where you are but it does it all does every choice that you make whether you decide you're going to jump out of your box a little bit or you decide you're going to up and quit your job and start a business with no direction or I shouldn't say direction, with no warning, with only your intuition, with only a gut feeling, with only what you've got, then that's what you should go and do. If you want to write that book, you should start. It doesn't mean you have to publish it right now, but you should start. If you want to paint more, you should paint more. You should dedicate some time a day to paint. And who knows? Maybe you're the next Van Gogh. Nobody knows. It's when you really give in and you start making those scary decisions that things start flowing and you hit that flow state and you can't stop. And once you embrace it, you can't go back. My challenge for you now with that in mind is to dedicate even just five minutes today to sitting with yourself. And if you want to do this just by sitting in silence and thinking about it, that's fine. I am very much a pen and paper person, so journaling is my method. But find five minutes and just sit and write what brings you joy. Like what seriously lights you the fuck up and what makes you happy? What inspires you? And if there were no limitations on you today, what would you be doing? Where would you be going? What would you be seeing? And while that may sound like a silly place to start, it really starts to put into perspective, do you value travel? Do you value time with family? Do you value time away? Do you care about living a luxurious life? Do you care about um, connecting with nature? So really just taking the time to connect back with yourself and seeing what comes up. And that is a fantastic place for you to start and start discovering what your highest self would want you to do. I hope you guys found this episode informational and hopefully somewhat helpful. And I look forward to seeing you in the next one.